I am Coach O, bitch. And thank y'all for listening at the anchor with the, the boy belts and all that, you know, the, the chopped and screwed remix, remastered antelope, antidote. And, uh, well, lots of things ain't going right now. Right? You know what's going to be bad is that uh, that Sunbelt League, you know, that, that glorified, uh, that barely, you know, practically Division Two team they call Florida over there, the Gators, and the, and the, what they call a swamp. And, um, well, you know, I turned down that job at Northwestern. I mean, the one over there in, in uh, Chicago. You know, man, I thought it was back in Natchitoches, you know, where I went to school and uh, played football and all that. But, um, you know, I mean, hey, look, Billy, Billy Napier, you know, I mean, he he, uh, he good, but, I mean, he just ain't good with his job, you know. I mean, it, it ain't right time for him. And I keep him around. He could be the Ph.D., maybe the personal hydration director, you know, like the water boy in that movie they done said they had that farmer that sounded like me, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm Coach O, bitch. You know, I, I got all them blondes. I got all that money. I've been out there in the beach with no shirt on, hitting on women. I got lots of things to do. But I think I need to get back into the ass-kicking game and the coaching game uh, and the recruiting game. And uh, Florida might be the place for me. I mean, it's called a swamp. They got some displaced Cajuns there. You know, they, they, they mascot at the Gators. When I was a baby, I was out there wrestling them Gators before I uh, got out there in the football field. Kind of what made me tough and gave me that grit. You know, my mama Coco fed me that gumbo, and I'd go out there and whoop a Gator's ass. And then I'd go uh, beat an alligator guard's ass, too, just to say I'm Coach Obich. And to show him who was boss, the HCIC, the head Cajun in charge. Because I am Coach O, bitch, and I think I'm going to be moving over to Florida one day. Go Tigers, you heard it here first. I'm just going to comment on that real quick. <clears throat> well, Rowdy Bush is going to have a hot take on that, and the drunk neighbor is having his first child, only he's having it. Here we go, boys. <sighs> No. Now to the task at hand. I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose. Welcome to the Sports Annual, episode number 165. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Change email to out of office. That's right, you heard me. This man doesn't change. Sing it, Kenny! Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the countdown continues. Yes, we'll keep going on that, but I shall spare you some Kenny Loggins love this week. I believe you've earned a reprieve uh, for once. So we got that going for us. Which is nice. We'll get into changing your email to auto office, why that is important, why that matters at all. But before we do that, let's talk about James Harden and Daryl Morey. You know, just two really smart people in the same academic weight class for sure, getting in arguments. And one guy, one of the really smart guys, James Harden, showing his unbelievable communication and negotiation abilities. Right now in communist red China. God bless that man. Tucker Carlson interviews the Capitol Police Chief. Did you hear about it? Probably not. Well, you're going to hear a little bit about it here, but hopefully you can just go watch that stuff yourself. It's a shame if I have to break that to you. Eh, this isn't good for the people that think that was like World War III. I don't know, man. Stay with me, though. I'm just going to talk about what I know and what he said. That's all. That's all. And then we're going to talk about a movie idea that I have, as well as Elon Musk versus Zuckerberg in that fight, what I really think is going on. Before we get into that... And then we will just railroad right into the changing email to out of office. I'll probably do it in an uncontrollable, just whimsical, really ill-advised, hard right-hand turn. And I hope that you are there with me all the way. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antidote. Reach out and touch a brother. And tell somebody about the Sports Antidote today. Or, I will go find you. I will put, I will make you log in to the gambling app of your choice, okay? I will make you bet the Milwaukee Brewers every single day. I will, I will hold your family. If you, if you need to let me know you're betting the Brewers 
every day. And here's the other caveat. You have to watch. You have to watch. You have to watch this pain to understand. I mean, the young Woken gets out of bed every day, and this man really does have to walk 40 miles up the road. But before he even does that, he has before he even whips it out and pisses out just the complete 10.6% alcohol urine that's coming. <laughs> and the guy just has to sit there and, and, and almost kind of wonder, God, God, why me? I mean, it's just that bad. But I don't really want to get into the Milwaukee Brewers and how I find myself just attracted to this bunch of absolute idiots as Wade Miley right now is going toe-to-toe with Kershaw. But, but, no, no, no. No, there's been two catchers interference in the first three innings, I think, which hasn't happened in a Little League game in 15 years and already like 19 errors. So I'm going to go ahead and just not ruin the entire show right now. Well, that's probably a really good idea, you know, I imagine. Harden versus Maurice. This is interesting. So I don't really want to talk much about what you know, and what you know is, is that what I know is that, you know, James Harden goes over to China where they just, I mean, the dude could basically be their next president. They love him. They love him more than Yao Ming. I'm serious. I mean, I'm dead. Like, that dude walks around there. I mean, they just, like, fly him in. I mean, I don't even know what. I think that dude has no domain. I, I think he has no dominion even in North Korea. I, I mean, no, I think his dominion knows no, but I just think he, he is eminent domain. This it's, it's quite incredible. So anyway, James Harden gets into a huge spat over there and starts saying that, you know, Maury's a liar. I'll never play for blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's hysterical because Maury, and I lived in Houston uh, when, when they had James Harden and when Maury was there and all this. And, and the guy, people really give that dude a hard time and he had to come out and apologize for, I think, the whole anthem thing too or whatever, something he said that was wildly unoffensive and then, be, you know, he had to dish out some apology, which everyone loved. Say what you want about this guy. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. He brought a money ball theory to a game that had never quite seen any analytical development like this. They really hadn't. And as much as people want to talk about baseballs in the Stone Age, baseball's analytics had surpassed the NBA centuries ago, if you really want to get down to it. Football's been ahead of both. I could do, I could do a 10-part series on this. Sight unseen, no notes. Maybe I should do that and get a Patreon going. How about that? How about not? But the fact of the matter is, is that this man was mocked and laughed at when they went and brought in Chris Paul. And their backcourt was going to be James Harden, Chris Paul, and Eric Gordon. If I told you that those three guys, okay, got together and would shatter NBA records that have been held nearly forever, particularly in point, different, point differential in how many points you gave up to how many points you scored, even though they had bad defense, they were scoring 130 points a game. They had the most wins in the West, the best record in the NBA, and took Kevin Durant and a, and a Curry and Prime Clay team seven games in the West Coast. I mean, in the in the Western Finals. I always say West Coast Finals. We've talked about that before. That's unbelievable. All with the implementation of what they were going to do. This would be the crazier part if I told you those three guards, and then I said, and all they're going to do is shoot threes and try to get to the free throw line. That's all they're going to do. That's it. Fast breaks, whatever. They're going to shoot threes and try to get to the free throw line. And that would enable them to be almost in the finals. And if they beat Golden State, they're winning the finals. They are. So I don't think that Maury is somebody that should be mocked necessarily, being as where people don't think he changed basketball and everyone tries to shift credit. And that's whenever the real mental gymnastics get going. He was the first one to publicly come out and talk about why they're doing what they're doing and how it's going to work. And he was right. And it did. Now, that had been copied prior, and it's kind of like the run-and-shoot offense, which we'll talk about one day, which has actually started in Portland State University. Uh, I knew that from a while ago. It was a Jeopardy question somehow, and some dude said it. I was in an airport. I believe this was before cell phones, or maybe even before the internet. You can say what you want about DM, but the problem with all of this is that we still give Harden this microphone. And I, and I don't even need to bring up the obvious things of this, like, you know, going on foreign soil to your, you know, China to go ahead and do it's just an absurd move. And we see what he's doing. He's grandstanding. And this is just getting a little ridiculous. It's a little ridiculous now with pro athletes. And this is this James Harden thing is a great example. All this dude does is go to a city, get paid a lot of money, particularly underperform, and then just demand to be traded. Now he wants to go to the Clippers. And this is an absolute joke. This is why no, this is why the NBA becomes so uninteresting because of this. Players that can just say, I want to be traded, and and you know, they're not gonna trade him for nothing. 
No, they're not just going to get rid of him. Why would they do that? Why would he do that? Smart people don't do that. They're going to get whatever they can for Harden, which is easily not even near the market value what he thinks he's worth. Look, we get it. You had a huge game, game one, in the Eastern Finals. It was ridiculous. And you won the game on your shoulders because the MVP was out. You scored 50, including a game winner. Yeah. But that's not going to happen again, and they probably won't even be in that position again. The fact that we even give James Harden all of this like media attention, which is expected, but it's just so stupid. And I love how Maury never gets a word in otherwise. He never know. I mean, like, I don't even know if this guy, I guarantee you, has an opinion. He's not an introvert at all. It's just funny how we only hear, we never hear this guy's side. I guarantee you it makes way more sense than Harden. So I'm going to go ahead and believe the other guy, James. I'm just going to go ahead and do that. And good luck in the Clippers. And by the way, Kawhi Leonard, would, he does not want to play with you. I can almost guarantee that. So if you didn't see Tucker Carlson interviewing a bunch of people on X or whatever, and recently there was a huge one with the Capitol Police Chief, and, and this is really ridiculous. So, you know, before Tucker left, Fox got fired, whatever you want to call it, he posted a very, very long video against Fox's. They didn't want him to do it. Chuck Schumer was avid about don't watch the video where they walked the shaman around for hours, hours. They walked this man around and basically opening doors for him, unlocking doors for him. It is unbelievable. There is nothing happening in these hallways. There is nothing happening in this building. There is The story that we heard does not equate to what we saw at all. And I will believe my eyes just about every time. So get rid of the Trump, get rid of the politics. This is clearly balls and strikes. The video that was shown could have been edited to some extent, but, but for that long, for it to run, it wasn't on loop. All right, look, like, there was not much happening there. And then for the Capitol Police Chief to basically re-up that and then he make it sound even dumber than it was when he wasn't even being pushed into it. Doing this knowing of the repercussions, just can't sit on it anymore. This is one of the biggest ruses of all times. And I have friends that still won't even look at this because they hate Tucker, because they're told to hate Tucker. They're taught to hate Tucker. And like a good little boy, they don't even listen to anything. They just listen to someone else's opinion about someone. And then they put that into real life. That is a very dangerous thing to do with your kids, with your job, or when you make bets. Doesn't matter to me. You should not do that. Ever. But if you do listen to the guy and actually open up, you'll see that it's a pretty objective interview. Like most of his are, he's extremely talented. Don't even watch Fox News, never did. Didn't even watch him when he was on there. But I will tell you, if you listen to this interview, you will have a different outlook. And if you watch the video, you'll have a really different outlook. Those two things are available to you right now and you probably haven't checked. And the problem is you don't want to because you hate Trump and you want this to be right. If that is the case, I actually cannot let you around my kid. Just because, forget the trans drag show, I just can't. You probably will take them there. Of course, everyone knows that. But on a cycle, I mean, I can't. There's no way because you've lost it at that point. If you don't want to know the truth because you want to hate something, that is, a, that is not a personal flaw. That is something that is infectious, contagious, and I want nowhere near me. I'm not even joking. Nowhere near me or anyone I know, really, because that I've seen what that does on both sides or whatever you want to call it, and it is disgusting. So if you want to just be a real human and not get fed like Polly the parrot, then go watch it. And then you can make up your own mind, because that's what's supposed to happen, isn't it? And before we get cracking today and get into Musk, Zuck, and then the title of today's show, I just want to let you guys know, I had a movie idea or a show idea that's going to get stolen from me the minute that this gets out to the millions of people that listen to the sports antidote. And what this... What this looks like is I was watching Columbo recently. You know Columbo, this bumbling, stuttering, kind of goofy detective who just always figures it out and always just seems to be at the right place at the right time. It's a really good show. I like it. It was on. Uh, you know, I just started watching it on Prime. I had nothing really to do. Let's watch. And then one of the commercials somehow was a commercial that reminded me of Matumbo. And then I started thinking... What if we remade Columbo with a seven foot three legendary shot blocker? What and what if in court he literally would like reject evidence? Like he would like knock it out of someone's hand and just give them the finger shake? Or if he won in court, or now I'm talking like he's a lawyer, or whatever. I just have a feeling if Matumbo played the little short stocky Italian very kind of smart but doesn't really show it guy. I think it would be one of the funniest shows of all times. And if anybody wants to collaborate on that, I am open 
to anyone um, that wants to pay for the whole thing. Elon Musk and Zuck, I do want to talk about this. Look, this almost went to an entire show, and it might down the road. And I, I just want to make this very clear to a lot of people. I hear some very high intellects talking about this, people that I know, people that I trust. And the way they talk about this, uh, recently I was at a gathering with a few people listening to, to this, and these are two dudes that I know are really smart. I hold them in a very high regard. And they are having this argument like, like you know, like this is for actually for our entertainment. And I had to kind of stop the conversation and be like, hey, guys, look, I know that uh, <laughs> I'm like the token street smart guy in here. Yeah, I get that. But I really shouldn't be the smartest person in this room, because if I am the smartest person in this room, we have way bigger problems than what is going on right now with this conversation. But let me help you gentlemen out real quick in case you don't understand where I'm going. If you think for one second that these two guys who say what you want about them, strip yourself of all opinion and be void of everything and just look at them for who they are and what they are capable of doing, how they got there, and what not their worth is, where their position is in history, fuck the money. These guys are changing the world, and it doesn't matter if it's for a better or worse. It doesn't matter. They are. They're wildly influential. Two top five, easily top ten, if not two top five most influential people of all times, and they're not even in their prime yet. Do you understand how smart these two are? It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. These two guys are not getting in the arena so all the monkeys can clap at them. They're not getting in the arena so all of us, the plebes, can like, can, can like, like cheer for them as they dance for us in this ring. Let me help everybody out. They ain't dancing for you. If this happens and you watch at whatever capacity, you're dancing for them. Just, just know that. And I haven't heard anyone talk about that or say that. If someone has, I did not know. But I'm just telling you, you're the dancing puppet. I'm the dancing puppet. Not those two. Ever. <laughs> Everybody knows this. Change email to out of office. Yes. Something so simple. Something so easy. But yet, if not done, something probably will not happen. Something could happen. Something really bad, I guess. The odds of any of that happening, a lot of things would have to line up. For that to happen, though, one would have to not change their email to out of office. I guess, I guess that's how, you know, this type of thing kind of gets set in motion. Well, then the question would be when something like that happens, then well, why didn't you know? Why, why didn't you do it? Did you forget? Did someone teach you to do that? Was that your first time? You, ever, you know, all these are good questions. Maybe we'll answer some of them. Maybe. I, we'll try to. But it's about getting back to the basics sometimes. I think sometimes we need to do that nearly professionally, not necessarily get back to the basics, but maybe get back to some original reading, maybe some older notes that you have, not inspirational reading, but just, you know, getting back to maybe some things that maybe you could brush up on, things you've forgotten about, maybe some weapons or clubs in the bag with a little dust on them that you forgot about, that type thing. Nearly any type of re-education, almost no matter how elementary it is, is still going to be effective, particularly no matter where you begin or how far back you go, if this is going to continue to help the growth, and no matter what department you're in, to inevitably you to be more effective for the company you're working for. They want you to execute at a high level. This is a good practice. I know a lot of people that do this, and I do this. I pull it back about a quarter. I take a lot of notes when I'm in meetings, and there's always things I'm referencing. It's just a good thing to do. And at minimum, it just gets your brain working and not in front of your phone and not in front of the television. Good old-fashioned detective work here. Let's figure this out, you know? It's fun stuff. But in sports, it doesn't really work like that. You know, in sports, I remember several times on a certain team in basketball, I remember there was this one team that could do this one thing to us offensively that really couldn't be stopped. They could run a pick-and-roll, old school, as well as you could do it. And I mean not humanly better than this team would do it with their capabilities and athletic capacity. It was just, it was unbelievably difficult to stop. And it would always result in us having to do an ungodly amount of suicides. And as coach would say, we're getting back to the basics, which really that meant 
I'm going to run the turkey out of you just because you let a bunch of five foot six white boys score 68 points and win the game, right? Now, I get it. That, that would get some people a little upset. Yeah, sure. Um, but there's still something to that. And even though we're not really going to learn anything by doing this, we're going to learn that we're going to learn something. Losing sucks because this is not fun. And we're doing this at practice and we probably should be doing something else. So we'll see that. Or even when you have like, there were times and I've seen and even like high echelon coaches in basketball have talked about it in college. You know, Tony Bennett's talked about things breaking down with the pack line. Remember two years ago, all of a sudden UVA starts giving up like 70 points a game in conference. Like what? How is that even possible? I mean, I, I don't even think they let you, you know, you start averaging that. I mean, it, how can you score? There's not many, that many possessions in a game with Virginia. It's almost impossible to score 70 points either way, the way they play basketball. That's the point that I was stuck on there, especially if you're into, you know, betting those over-unders. You kind of know how that works with the clock and all that. You know, that game clock. God, just keeps on ticking. If you had a bad performance and guys were in there shooting 46% from three and they let you up, well, shell drill's probably coming or something along those lines or God knows what, but there's going to be a lot of Oklahoma drill and a football practice. There's going to be a lot of back to the basics, but it doesn't really work like that in sales no matter where you begin, even if you did have to, quote, be taught the basics. So inevitably, that's going to have to happen in sales no matter where you go. You're just going to have to be trained. It doesn't matter if you're being trained. It doesn't matter if the job is a Craigslist job that there's several misspellings in the job description. Uh, you know, the job, the company's headquartered out of someone's house. Um, <laughs> yeah, and of course, this isn't even like a 1099 situation. You, know, you go to this guy's house. It looks like he's going to pay you in some very sticky strip club cash and it just looks to be really shady, and he wants you to, he's not reimbursing your gas, and of course, I mean, there's not even a, you're not even like not an employee, <laughs> he's going to be paying you under the under table, <laughs> he's still going to have to train you on how to do whatever it is, <laughs> even if it's, oh, <clears throat> servicing and learning how to mop the floors in your local Turkish bathhouse. There's a bathhouse. There's always going to be, nonetheless, we all do. So in sales, you're going to get a lot of that. And this is really impossible and way too broad to cover because it just, there's, as we speak of, there's so many different variations and sectors uh, within sales. There are things that you will be taught. And these are things that you're not going to understand the importance of initially because you just don't understand. You just don't understand because you have no experience. Your whole perception of what sales is is completely warped. It's like watching porn for like 10 years and then you think that that is actually how it works and, and then you realize that it kind of doesn't, you know? <laughs> Aside from developing business acumen and other things, areas and improvements in communication, these, these things that need to be seeded early and grown up just because you really have no experience with these. There's also other things that you'll get training on. A lot of it's going to be, if you're in sales, it's going to revolve around the company's sales process. This is going to be 90% of the things you're really going to have to learn because that's the only thing that really matters. Look, you're going to have to pay attention when HR is going over how to do all the sales reports, you know, expense reports, how to do all the internal reporting, you know, your TPS reports, Salesforce whatever CRM you guys use, and that's a whole bag of stuff. So there's going to be a lot there regardless, but there will be or should be things they're going to train you on after you've been in-house for, let's say, six months doing, let's say, or one year and inside sales, then kicked out of the nest or whatever. But there are things that a good company will lay on you as you go. So you will learn as you grow, but there are things clearly you can't just load up on someone, even after an entry level. You still need to let things progress. And there are things that are not after entry level. These things would certainly be expected, but particularly in the beginning, especially in the beginning with entry level, these are things that need to be monitored, just like a rookie on a football field. It doesn't matter. It's the same concept. There's certain applications. We'll say the importance of procedure of follow-up. Uh, the importance and procedure of follow-up is what I meant to say. And the reason that being is where I don't think people necessarily understand. We call it secondary selling. Other people would call that something else. But following up after a big sales appointment, 
Why are we following up? What are we following up for specifically? What do we have in our notes we can specifically reference to move this thing forward, right? So the follow-up emails and communication and that whole line needs to be done very strategically. This needs to be done over time and needs to be molded by your managers. And if they're doing their job, then this this line of communication and your follow-up correspondence will be way more professional, which will absolutely result in things getting through your sales pipeline faster and not because you're cutting corners, it's because you're doing exactly what you need to do exactly when you need to do it. If you can do these two things, you'll see a lot of success. That will not be taught. That cannot be taught. But in this, the importance of these little things like how you construct a follow-up email to get to the next phase in whatever step you are in the sales process is wildly important. It is vital. And that needs to be taught. And I've seen it. I've heard about it. It was to me. And that's, that's incredible. And then we're just going to stay high on these. I could do a whole year. We're not going to stay on this, right? Just a couple examples. That was applicational, more or less. This would be situational. You know, you're in a meeting and you've just said something. I'll use something very, uh, this is very generic. Like, well, after what I've said today, Mr. Jones, can, from what we have to offer and from what you're looking to do, can you agree that we have a basis to do business? I would never really ask it like that or that question that was just off the, off the cuff. But it's very straightforward, and it's a question that's probably going to garner a yes. It probably is. There is a basis for us to do business. Just I'm not asking for everything right now. There's just a basis. Teach people how to do this and not just to do it to ask questions to get them to say yes. I think when you do that, it annoys the hell out of people. Are you alive? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I just say, yeah, we get it. I'm just going to walk away from that. Teaching people or learning from situational experiences where you must have to have a GoPro on or have someone be kind of, not a GoPro on you, but someone filming you so you can see if there are nervous tics, things that can be coached out of you. Knowing when to be silent, when to be quiet. When you've made your proposal and you've made your <clears throat> thesis statement and got it in, the chips are in, now it's on them. You know what you do in the professional world in a Corporate high rise at a big meeting you're in for your sales meeting, the same thing you do in a casino. Shut up. Boy, if I can talk to some poker players, the power of silence, that would be chapter one. And the same would be with the young sales guy who wants to take over the world. And uh, how's that go again, Teddy? And you won't be pushed around. We could do this all day. I mean, presentation transitional theory is what I'll call it. You know, how important and impactful, it's important for them to understand how impactful and important it is that your transition, you have a masterful way of doing this. It needs to be seamless. And it's important, not just so you lose people's trend of thought or because you look less professional. It is because when you keep this line going just like this, like any line of communication, the less gaps, the better. And it's good to instruct and show people how to do this. This is both done in like a classroom setting and in person. And we'll see that. And that's great. And that is really good training. And there's a billion other things that we could throw on there, but the most important would probably still be learning how to produce unattended. Look, my manager lives two time zones for me. You need to be able to perform and produce out of the nest. You need to be able to do this without someone telling you to do things. You need to know to do expense reports at certain times. If you have to do them at night or in the hotel, welcome to the club. You need to learn to prioritize. You need to learn to time manage. Now, I'll stop right there. We can get into a whole nother thing of this. These are things that can be taught is all I'm saying. There's a ton of things. And then within those things, it gets even more micro to detail. You have to be even more particular about things all the way down to your email. If things are not told to you in the beginning, how will you ever know? You'll just see someone doing it the wrong way and then you'll do it their way, not knowing that that's probably not the smartest way to do it. But now I'm going to give you a professional example of what happens when you don't do something so simple as set your email to out of office. I'm going to tell you what that looks like and what can actually happen, how something so small can snowball its way into something that turns into a full-blown avalanche. We don't need to get into the specifics of actually what happened in the opportunity. But what you need to understand is how we got there. So we've been talking about training and such, right? Well, when I got into the professional world, there was a lot of work that needed to be done with me. Now, I know how to write just fine. I know how to do all these things. But communicating in a professional world is something I'd never done. I'm working in restaurants. I'm not saying they're not professional. What I'm saying is you're not outlying emails and presentations. You have to do all these things. 
you know, draft all the, you're not having to do all these things in that profession. That's all. And I spent time, a lot of time in one and I'm in sales now. So I'm not dogging it. It's just different. So you get into all the do's and the don'ts. These are things that are part of the training aspect of this, kind of that thin line we're going down this really, it's a thin elevator we're trying to go up and down here with. But you see, within all the training, then there is like sub sub training to go with certain things. So let's just start with like email. If you were talking to someone about email in a professional way, how to send a professional email, not necessarily how to write and spell and you know, separate the subject from the predicate, but just how to do this like people would normally, so it doesn't stick out, it looks like you're an idiot, which I see a lot of these and it's unfortunate. Well, one thing that really wasn't explained to me was changing your email to out of office. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, here's the thing. If you're not told why you need to do this, you need to at least be told what could potentially happen if you don't. And I was not told this. And because of that, a lot of things were set in motion. When all someone had to do was tell me when you leave, this is typically the practice, here's why. And here's also for extra motivation, as I just said, what could happen if you don't do it. Well, no one did that. So I have no idea. So I leave, you know, for three days and just bug out. I'm just like, well, people will email and I don't know how that works. I'm sure it'll go to someone else and then they'll just respond. And I hadn't really paid much attention to that aspect of things. I just got baptized in this tremendous world of not just sales, but you know, diagnostic imaging and third-party repair within that and service contracts, capital assets, all these things. I have no idea. Uh, so there's a lot of things that are going to fall through the cracks. And being as where they created a position for me, they basically just kind of making this up as they went along. And they did a phenomenal job and laid down an unbelievable, just an unbelievable runway for me to be able to have the ability to kind of get where I am now. So thanks to them. And I still talk to a lot of those guys and the owner, the founder, who now started his own company after this one was basically sold from the parent. Guys like that, guys that are successful just can't be stopped. They'll just keep opening businesses and being successful until you know they're no longer on this earth because that guy lived for 500 years. He would continue to be successful yeah, for 500 years. It really would have helped if somebody would have just come up to me early on and said, Belts, do yourself a favor. Don't underestimate the awesome power in nonverbal communication. Because what that would really mean is it's not just the power in when you're communicating, it's the power in when you're not. <laughs> See, I didn't think of that part of it. So what happened was, is someone, a major, major player in the game and a customer that we were not their primary vendor. We were secondary in that building, in that hospital, to our biggest competitor. It's one of the biggest hospitals in North America. And we had great standing with these guys, and they were giving us more and more and more. All that needed to happen was for someone to not drop the ball. Well, I went on a three-day trip on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, about two months after I got hired, maybe six weeks, where I went into I had a few days a friend came to visit me they gave me an extra day and we just you know I just took off of work it was pretty cool we went camping and all this stuff in Colorado so much fun went fishing ran all around the place love that state love Denver like like love Boulder fun place so you can see where this is going well anyway I buttoned up everything I needed to on my way out and didn't think anything of it well the next morning I got an email from one of the contacts at this hospital asking for a very particular ultrasound transducer as a loaner. This was a transesophageal probe. It was an HP78A was the part number. It was very and wildly effective and very durable, but they were not many in existence. In other words, it's very difficult to find a loaner. So when you're sending me your probe, surgery is down until that probe is fixed. Well, that probe is going to take a while to fix because your biomedical engineering department is not apt or equipped to fix it, nor is your clinical engineering department, but mine is. So give me that and then we'll do it. Just, just give the money. Actually, it's HP 21371A, but who cares? And we had a loaner. And the primary vendor, our competitor, did not. So all that needed to happen was I needed to 
respond to the email saying I'm going to look, check everything I need to, say we have one, send it to them, get a tracking number, and then create an RMA for the incoming transducer that it needs to be repaired. Very simple. But I'm not there. Okay? And, and, I don't have my email set correctly. Right? I do not have it set to out of office for whatever reason. I wasn't told to. Not my fault. (laughs) It's definitely my fault. But I didn't have that done. So this person then feels... All right, well, maybe he didn't get the email. Sends me another one that afternoon. Okay, well, obviously no one's responding to that, okay? And then the next day sends two in the morning and then a bunch after lunch. This guy never bothers to pick up the phone and call. This entire time, all this man has to do is pick up the phone. Yes, it's my fault. Yes, I dropped the ball. Did my company drop the ball by making sure that something like this could not happen? Yes, and they did for the most part. But I somehow still put that back into play while I'm really ruining this part of it. It's all really my fault, yes. But the point is, is that I shouldn't have been in that spot. That's all. And they know that now. We still laugh about it from time to time. But it got down to Friday. I'm gone. This has been two days later. And this dude's holding on for dear life. Holding on for dear life. This is, this is like holding your breath for nine days. Five minutes is a long time. Five minutes is a long response time to tell me if I have a loner. Because the answer is no. you got to go someplace. There's only so many players in the game here. Okay? But this guy really wanted to give us the business, but ends up taking it out on me. And then somehow, for whatever reason, and this is the part I'll skip, sizing this up to this t- sort of like global conspiracy for lower customer service hourly employees like myself to make more difficult for people like him. If I could sum it up, that's basically what it was. Yes, level of absurdity is now is, is just as high, as horrifically horrible as Jen Psaki's hair is. We all know that to be as well. Very true. Yes, back check, true. I only say that because my hair does not look up to par. These days, I think I'm going to have a have to have a talk with my bar. I love, I love my barber. She's great. I love her, but I think she's been hitting grandpa's cough syrup a little bit. There. I gotta tell her to ease them. Hey, come on now, keep them hands steady, sweetie. I gotta. I'm pretty now. Can't be getting all ugly. So finally, this guy calls. He calls Friday afternoon, two minutes before he leaves for the weekend, to let them know if we had the loaner that they wanted. We would have had their business for life, is how he put it. And then he said, but because you've done this to me, me, he personalized it, you will get no business from us forever. It was a powerful statement and a powerful move from a powerful guy. When he was off base and he was wrong. And it's my fault with all of this because of stupid email not set to the correct response, letting you know when I'm coming back and who's covering for me. Or to pick up the phone and call somebody like he just did right there. It was horrible. Then I get a phone call and allowing me to know that this happened. So then this ruins my entire weekend. So now I am know I'm going to get reamed when I come in Monday. I was going to get reamed if I didn't know this happened on Monday. So I'd rather not know that it happened. So now I have to carry that with me whole thing was disaster and we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in business for a company that does 15 to 20 million a year so a hundred thousand dollars without the plurals you know that little s there that's still a lot of money so it did not go over well at all it was preventable but something so small and so stupid really really almost pinned up the fiscal year that was a rough one i'll never forget that are you probably wondering, what does that have to do with anything? Well, you know, attention to detail, the devil in the detail, all these things. We've done shows on this. Everyone's done shows on this. It's not so much so you understand to set your, <laughs> set your, your email correctly, even though it is wildly important to do that. And that's the first thing I do now. I make sure when I know I'm going on PTO, when the workday is over and that is done, my phone, my voicemail, and my email, bam, right there. It takes 10 seconds. Don't. Then, of course, you're going to not forget to turn it on. Then you change it. Then, of course, you're going to have a coworker who's going to call you and cock the mule piss out of you when he says, ah, you change your voicemail back. You could have just said change. I, I know. I know I'm not out the office anymore. Thank you, Andy.
just regular genius over here. Good thing they don't hire all on IQ. Otherwise, I might get fired and you killed the learning curve for us all. Einstein over here. Unbelievable. To see the level of success that we have in these future plays, the win totals, particularly in college over the years, a ton of things like this have not happened. We have always set our email to the correct response when we're going to be out of the office, whether we're sick or on PTO or bereavement or whatever, we do this because these things need to be done. So we do them along with 15,000 other things when I'm getting everything in line to see the success that I and we have consistently had on these college, particularly college, win-loss totals throughout the year. It's been uncanny. So I'll be posting that spreadsheet, which... I took all, while I'm doing is adding to the one that's been floating around Instagram forever, the living document we just update with the futures every year. I'm just waiting to repost this one when I put the ones out that I'm going to be doing. And we will get into some of that process, but the beginning of it would be the most important. The entire process of how I look at this can be broken down to the subject matter of this very show right now. If you're not setting your email to the correct, do not to the correct response, when you're out, for whatever reason that is, you, you, you can't even get out the gate on these. And you will win some by hook, you'll win some by crook, you'll win some by luck. Of course, this always happens. But if you haven't noticed, some of these future wagers are clipping almost halfway through the season. In other words, they're clipping a long time before the season even ends. These are so far ahead sometimes, it is kind of head-scratching. Now, there are other people that are probably better at this than I. I just haven't met anyone yet. Until you do, maybe you can introduce me to them. But until you do, and I assume you won't, I'm probably the authority on the matter, which means that next week is when I get to really hold court in my mother's basement, per usual, on this amazing podcast that millions and millions listen to across the country. But I guarantee you, you'll understand even more so than what I'm saying now. If you're new into sales and you're new into that whole role, Start to get really, really, really familiar with all the intricacies within the things you don't even know as a whole. Then you start to really piecemeal the things that could be a problem. Before you know it, you've tied this whole thing together and none of this really slips out like it did with me. Pretty much compromising an entire year because I didn't know to do something so simple, but so expected and so necessary. These are the things that need to be done and have been done to make sure that this episode is not only awesome, entertaining, aesthetically pleasing, which it will be all these things, but to make sure that we win some money and that this isn't just some phony baloney act where we just have somehow basically picked seven out of 10 of these, picked almost 70% uh, over the last basically seven years. And I, I just don't think that that is the case. I think you'll enjoy it next week. I think it's the greatest thing that I've done so far. And I don't know if that's a good or a or a bad statement, greatest thing I've done so far regarding the show. Not in life. <laughs> but I, something tells me that, uh, that when you hear it, I think you'll get it. I think you'll understand what happens when maybe some talent meets a little drive. But the timing, but the timing is perfect. And when those three things come together, and I feel it may change or propel guys like me to a level you might not have thought a lot faster than you think. Or nothing happens and no one's hurt. And we just stop doing the podcast. What's the worst thing that really happens? I know you don't get to hear Bro Exotic anymore, right? But speaking of which, and you will love the episode next week. Has anybody seen Bro Exotic? If so, that means you want to be a woke white person. So listen up, because I'm going to give you your PhD in wokeology. Bro Exotic joins the sports in. What's going on there, man? Uh, what's going on, dude? Bro Exotic, vice president of Cal Church of Woke. Uh, just want to remind you, dude, I am uh, I am Shakespearean non-binary. I, my pronouns are thee, thou, they, and ye. Uh, just I don't know if you didn't get that memo, but that's that's I I am Shakespearean non-binary, dude. Sick. All right, my bad. My apologies. Uh, I'll take a step back here. And we'll just uh, start all over. Kind of something like, ladies and gentlemen, Bro Exotic. What's going on, pal? 
Oh wait, is that still one? Damn. All right, we'll it's just still move ma- past still, mas- still masculine s- forward, but I'll take it. It's fine. Still masculine. I knew there was a, there was something in there that would qualify yeah. trigger some sort of <laughs> some sort of. I'm sorry. What's going it's all on? Good, dude. What's going on, friend? How about that one? That's good. That that works. That works, dude. Got it. All right, bro. I have no idea what's going on. I know you. This is a busy time for you, because this is when the church woke is feverishly prepping to get you prepared for the mascot warfare we're about to see. And by the way, the anticipation is monumental, uh, to say the least. And that is coming after, you know, Pride Month. Even though Pride Month is every month, everyone knows. Even I know that. Everyone knows this. Everyone knows that. You, you see, you, it's, it's starting to work. And I, we all know that kind of spills over into Labor Day weekend, uh, into some other festival or something or other. But in the meantime, we appreciate you coming on the show. But I have no idea where you're going. And I, I, I would most, uh, most assuredly like to hear where we are indeed going now. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, we're just going to look into... Uh, the modern day slave story uh, called the Michael Orr story with the Tui family. And here we go. I mean, I'm s- clockwork. Yes, I can't wait. Go ahead. I, I should have known, but yes. Go ahead. I mean, the, like, so I don't know if you've seen the uh, the recent news has come out, dude. Uh, but, you know, like the, the movie The Blind Side in 2009 uh, with Sandra Bullock. She's so stunning. Um, it, it, uh, it, it's, uh, about a, it's about a young man named Michael Orr who. Uh, grow up uh in an impoverished area in uh in memphis or as uh, as belts likes to culturally appropriate from time to time and uh stereotypically in an urban accent call it mumphus there's no proof of that but i okay. don't know uh well anyway moving on yeah so he was, he's a standout tackle for old miss uh and was a first round uh draft pick and super bowl winner but even though you know we say first round draft pick but Cal and the, the woke army at large do view <laughs> the NFL draft as a modern day slave auction. Uh, of course. Where people of color who kneel for racial equality and the dismantling of uh, systematic racism in law enforcement are fired despite being elite quarterbacks who uh, make it to a Super Bowl in New Orleans, ironically losing to Michael Orr with the Ravens in February of 2013 as the lights went out in the Superdome which was pretty embarrassing for that city. Uh, <laughs> yes. But uh, but anyway, dude, so yeah, Sean in, uh, in real life, yeah, Sean and uh, Leanne Tui, who uh, they exploited Michael Orr by having him sign what he thought were adoption papers, uh, but they were actually conservatorship papers in which he is uh, seeking millions in restitution. But uh, the real tragedy here, dude, is Sandra Bullock is not a racist, okay? Uh, she, <laughs> Sandra Bullock, it, no, she's being painted as, uh, portraying a, a racist named Leanne Tui, uh, in the blind side, dude. And she's getting, uh, this is terrible, dude, because Sandra Bullock is a woke queen. She goes by she, her pronouns. Uh, she supports the LGBTQAI2S plus community. She voted for Bernie Sanders and she's a certified privilege checker, dude. So, I mean, everything checks out, man. She's the. Uh, she does not deserve all of this, uh, all the smoke going her way, dude. Everything checks out. Yeah, I tell you what else checks out. I don't know if you heard, but Sandra Bullock uh, is actually going to be in another Speed movie. Uh, it's going to be the third one in the installment. This one without Keanu Reeves and her being the uh, female lead. Pretty, uh, pretty big stuff. I have not heard of this. Yeah, and only they're not going to call it Speed. They're going to have to call it Bleed, and it comes out at the end of the month. <laughs> Oh. oh, that's real funny, dude. So now we're making we're making <laughs> fun of the, the, now now we're making fun of women and, and their rights and uh their the reproductive systems that they go through, dude. Going you going you're making fun of periods now, right, dude? Okay. Right, I hope you it, never I hope you joke. never have to make it to Angola, dude, and your first night you uh you meet up with uh with you would call Tyrone and have to wear a man pond, dude. What is a man? Pun. I'm well, that sure. would be yeah. That would be a tampon for a man. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh wow. You want to make you want to make period jokes, dude? I hope you don't have <laughs> to experience that, bro. Because that's Yikes. that's that's how that works, dude. In the poker game of life, there was a bet and then a three bet by myself, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that would be a four bet by Bro Exotic, not going all in, but leaving it open for me to get it in right now. 
and I am looking at these cards. And let me tell you something. They ain't aces. I got something. But with a statement like that, in a moment like this, on a stage like this, how is this man bluffing? I fold. I fold. So you win that one. And touche. I just wanted you to know that. Woke per- poker game live, dude. So, I mean, you know, it's... did uh, you used to play Woker? Remember this? Uh, I think we should bring that back. I think we need to hear about this. Yeah, dude. Of- you know, pocket kings always lose. doesn't matter. What was the rules in that game again? Pocket kings always lose. Queens automatically win. Well, yes, because we need to dismantle the patriarchy, and the matriarchy obviously needs to lead the world. So, yes. obviously, that- queens be kings. We know this. It's- Yes, and I believe at the at the end of the game, everyone gives everyone their money back, right? I mean, we redistribute winnings to the people that lost, correct? Well, it's given to a think tank, and then we 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 (laughs) redistribute the wealth uh, accordingly. (laughs) The think I forgot. Yes, that's bro. I mean, it's my cup runneth over, and then my house is flooding. I need to call a plumber or someone that does flooring or drywall, bro. Yes, and m- most of which would be going to Ukraine at this point. Oh, absolutely. Why would we? I'm looking at my flag in my daughter's room right now that I make her march outside every morning when she gets the mail, and I play something patriotic or something. I think yeah, I play a little. Hawaii, uh, and Maui in, in particular just isn't woke enough for these funds, but obviously Ukraine needs it more, dude. So obviously, we know that. I mean, who cares about people in this country anyway? Bro Exotic, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we look forward to having you come in. Week zero is coming up, bro. I mean, next week, you're going to have to have your first pick. I'm not asking for anything, but we expect greatness in the woke logic, which we can oh. always expect, correct? Oh, I'm coming with everything I got, dude. Don't worry about oh, that. I just got a little, I got a little, got a little, uh, got a little swell down there. I hear that. All right, bro. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. We look forward to having you on next week. Anything you want to close with, Bro Exotic? Oh, yeah, dude. No joke, stay woke. Uh, hashtag Kaepernick, hashtag BLM, hashtag LeBron's a goat. And uh, see you next week, dude. Hashtag bleed the sequel. Hashtag you're canceled, bro. I mean, uh, you you keep doing this every week, dude. Every week you keep testing me with these hashtags. Like I'm supposed to just like, just, uh, you know, uh, fine, dude. Cancel review. Hashtag cancel review. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, there it is. It took two years. Well, we'll have to sort this out. Right before the football season begins. I guess I deserve that. Well, bro, we'll go through this process. And uh, my people will be in touch with your people. Yeah, sounds good, dude. Good riddance. See you next week. Thanks for joining the Sports Antelope episode number 165 from your boy Danny Belts. Change email to out of office. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I forgot to tell you. One time I got a, one of my buddy's emails before he left for lunch. Changed his email to a crazy thing as the as the automatic reply. I did get in trouble for that. Almost got fired, but didn't. So I won that one as well. Chalk one up for me. Uh, they don't happen too often. Thanks to Bro Exotic for jumping on here, guys. Be sure and reach out. Tell some brothers about the sports antelope. Next week's going to be the episode of episodes. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So in preparation for that, let's have the biggest audience we've ever had. We'll see you guys next week. Keep it real and a dose of...